welcome to the monthly Skill Bite Show, where we share information that is geared to helping you succeed in your business. This is Judy Weintraub, CEO of Skill Bites and host of this show. If you want to position yourself as an expert, one of the best ways to do that is to become a published author. Skill Bites author platform provides the easiest way to get a book written and published. Today, I am delighted to have with us Susan Friedman. She's the owner of Aviva Publishing and an internationally recognized niche marketing expert. Susan is a prolific author, having written 14 books, including the bestsellers, Meeting and Event Planning for Dummies, and Riches and Niches, How to Make It Big in a Small Market. Susan has also appeared on a variety of radio talk shows and as a guest expert on CNN's Financial Network, Bloomberg's Small Business, and other programs. Susan also hosts the successful weekly podcast, Book Marketing Mentors. Susan, welcome to the Skill Bite Show. We're delighted to have you with us today. Judy, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for inviting me to be your guest today. Can you start off by telling us your background? How did you write 14 books, and what prompted you to get into the book publishing and marketing industry? That's a great question. I love that question because it, it's not the way one thinks. You know, you think, oh, well, I'll plan this out. It didn't happen like that at all. I was actually involved in the trade show industry, and I was training exhibitors how to maximize their time on the trade show floor. And I wanted to get known in that industry. And one of my mentors had said, well, the way to do that is to get published. Well, traditional publishers, that time it was in the 19, early 1990s, and traditional publishers really weren't knocking down the doors uh, for books on trade shows or trade show training or exhibitor training. And so I thought, well, hey, I want to put books out there. The best way to do that is to start my own publishing company. And that's exactly what I did. And I wrote and published my own work until I got my first book published, which was exhibiting at trade shows, Tips and Techniques for Success. And that's actually out of print at the moment. But that took me three tries to get the publisher to agree to do that one, by the way, just so that uh, our, you know, our listeners know it just doesn't quite happen as easily as that. Um, oh, and hold then on I, a second. You were the yes. publisher. So it took you three times to agree to publish no, this was book? No, this was the traditional <laughs> publisher. So sorry. <laughs> yes, no, I, I was publishing my own work until I was able to sell and my first book to a traditional publisher. I didn't say that correctly, so thank you for correcting me. <laughs> and uh, that took three tries with that, that publisher because I've now been published by both traditional and have been self-published. So the meeting and event planning for dummies, obviously that's a traditionally published book through John Wiley. And then I have The Complete Idiot's Guide to Target Marketing that was published by um, Penguin who do that series, 
And then the best-selling uh, book, The Riches and Niches, How to Make It Big in a Small Market, that's published by Career Press. But everything else I've published through Aviva Publishing. So hopefully that's made that a little clearer. <laughs> so how has the publishing world changed since you started in the 90s? So what's changed primarily is that more people are out there self-publishing, and that's become much more of an acceptable mode now, especially with the advent of e-books, that uh, traditional publishers in the beginning didn't even want to touch e-books. Now they've cottoned on and said, oh my goodness, you know, we're missing out on an opportunity here, we better get on the bandwagon. But um, so people were publishing their own e-books and then printing them and realizing that with social media and other uh, incredible Internet outlets that they are able to sell um, their own books and use them as opportunities to create other business. So uh, it, it really has changed and the publishing industry has sort of turned uh, a 180 because they had to. Um, so, yes. Yeah, and there's definitely fewer, especially big publishers out there now. They've sort of consolidated. Exactly. With, uh, with so many people self-publishing. Well, exactly. And now to get a, um, a contract with a traditional publisher is much harder than it ever was. And they really want you, first of all, to show that you have a marketing platform so that you can sell the book. They don't want, they don't want you as the author to rely on them to do the marketing and the selling and the distribution. They want you to be able to show that you're going to be able to move several thousand books. So it's less of a risk for them to take you on as an author. And usually a first-time author, very tough to get, um, you know, if you're an unknown, if you're obviously, if you've got some celebrity status, especially, you know, either in the, in the marketplace in general or in, an, in a niche market, then um, they are more likely to take you on. Um, but as, as an unknown, it's, uh, it's really very, very hard. And it's getting harder, I think, by the day. <laughs> well, you mentioned how the traditional publishers are looking to the author to have a marketing platform. But even if you're self-publishing, it's pretty important to have a marketing platform because otherwise your book's not going to sell very many copies. Exactly. What should an author do? How, did, how does an author put together a marketing platform? What does that consist of? Well, first of all, you've got to understand who you're actually targeting with your book. I think one of the biggest mistakes that I find, Judy, and you probably can relate to this too, working with so many authors as you do, is that more often than not, people think that their book is for everyone. And yes, it may have a universal message. I don't want to dispute that. However, it's really, really hard to sell, in fact, impossible to sell to everyone. 
So the more targeted uh, your marketing can be, the more efficient and the more effective you can be. So for me, since I specialize in niche or niche markets, I always have my authors define who their target market is, who their niche market is, because it's going to make it so much easier um, to become a big fish in a small pond than try to become, you know, be a tadpole if that in an ocean. So, yeah. Right, and get swallowed up by everybody else. Exactly, exactly. And there, because, you know, with them, self-publishing particularly, market is growing by leaps and bounds. Everybody and his uncle and aunt thinks, you know, oh, I can get my book up on Kindle, you know, do an e-book. Um, it's quick, it's easy, it's inexpensive. Let's do it. And as you know, there's a lot of trash out there. And so people are going to have to weed through the good, the bad and the ugly um, to find, you know, what what's worth reading and what isn't. Okay, so you gave us step one. What would you say would be step two? So defining the audience is, as you said, step one. And step two is where finding out where they hang out. And once you know who it is that you want to target. For instance, as I said, I work with many different authors and Many of them write books, let's say, on motivation. Let's give you an example here. Well, you know, what's the motivation? Um, maybe it's because they've overcome some drug addiction. I've got several authors who've written about um, their trials and tribulations, let's say, through either drug addiction, alcoholism, and they want to share their message with other uh, people in the marketplace. So if they, let's say it's um, a drug addiction, then let's look at where do you find people who might be interested in that kind of topic. Now, it may be the person themselves who is the, the people who are out there who are, are addicted to drugs, but it also might be and more likely to be, let's say, family members or friends of people who are looking to see how they might be able to help uh, this person who they're very close to and would like to help. So then this book could be targeted to those people. So you look at, you know, let's say it's a, maybe a sales training book. Um, who who are you targeting for sales training? Again, not necessarily everybody. It could be um, an industry niche, which uh, I always like to ask my authors to see how they can channel it into a specific industry because, yeah, there are a, a million and one um, books on sales training, let's say, or different aspects of selling but uh, let's say selling in the, um, I don't know, oil. Okay. Um, we just had a muted and an unmuted, so I hope everything's all right. Are you okay, Judy? Sorry. <laughs> yes, that's okay. I know the feeling. 
Are you all right there? We don't want you dying on us here on the call. <laughs> okay, so uh, let's say they're doing sales um, training in uh, a specific industry, the auto industry or healthcare. Then they can go after that particular industry with their book. And there are many fewer books in, let's say, selling to healthcare than there would be selling in general. Does that make sense? Yep, that makes sense. Okay. So uh, we've defined the target. We're looking at an industry. And then it's a matter of, you know, how do you want to present this material? Um, so many authors think that they're going to get rich on just selling books. And I say, uh-uh, that, that's very unlikely to happen unless you have you know, somebody who really already wants a certain number of books. You're more likely to be able to make money if you can turn your book into, let's say, a speech or a coaching program or any kind of uh, coaching, consulting, speaking. Those are going to allow you to make a lot more money with your book and so that the book you can use and as an opportunity to open doors for yourself um, and, as I say, get other um, business opportunities, speaking gigs, etc. So uh, I, I would really um, challenge your listeners to look at their book as more of a business and how could they use that as a calling card, as a platform, as a springboard to uh, get other work and that you can make a lot more money um, quicker than you can just selling books in onesies and twosies. Right. Yeah, there's a lot of different opportunities there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I, I love looking at ways, too, that you can repurpose your work and because a book is, as I say, you can do many different things with, with a book. You, you can divide it up into different chapters and sell those chapters, let's say, as e-books. I've done that. Or a, a training course. Each chapter could be a different module. Uh, if you want to put to an online program together, if you want to do webinars, you could do, let's say, a webinar on each um, chapter in the book. And that would allow you then to sell those um, to your target target audience. So there are a lot of different ideas, and I love talking to authors about different ways in which they can um, slice dice uh, their book in so many different ways and make it much more of a money maker than just you know the book, the printed. The printed version or the ebook. Right. So yeah. Okay. Any other steps on developing a marketing platform that you wanted to talk about? 
Oh, I think there are so many. I think once you determine which um, industry you want to hone in on, you want to look at how do these people consume information? You know, do they read blogs? Do they, you know, read old-fashioned printed um, material? Um, In either case, let's say they read blogs, then you need to look at how can you be a guest blogger um, on the blogs that are really uh, popular in that um, industry, in that environment, let's say for nurses um, or doctors, dentists, uh, hygienists. You know, what do they read? Where do they go for when they want to learn about information? If it's still the printed magazine, you know, could you be in that the magazines that go out to that industry? Uh, I was recently at a at a trade show actually in Houston, and I it was the oil and gas industry of all things. And I was looking around and at the back of the show, there were all these different magazines in this industry. There must have been a dozen different magazines. And I thought, wow, here's an opportunity. You know, if there was an author who was interested in that market, that they should be in each one of those magazines with an article, or even if they could find one of the magazines where they could write a regular um, column, if it's a monthly or a a quarterly, you know, you want to get in there and you want to be seen as an expert in your particular industry. And uh, that's a great way of doing it. That's the way I've done it in the past when I was um, touting myself as a trade show expert, and I was in every conceivable magazine in the industry, and there weren't very many, which made it easier, but I had articles in every single one of them over the years, and I had a column in other ones, and so I know this work. Uh, And even today, even though I do a little bit of training in this area, um, people still come to me because they see my articles online. And that's because over the years, I've just produced so much work that um, it's still out there. And a lot of it is evergreen material. And I would highly recommend, Judy, that your authors, anything that they do write, the more evergreen you can keep that material. And what that means is that you can read something that was written 10 years ago and it's still applicable today because it's information that has not changed. So, um, and in in some industries, they don't change very quickly. That's obviously much easier than in industries, obviously like high tech, that are changing. You know, uh, <laughs> in the micro microsecond, they're changing. So it's much harder in those those industries. So, right. Yeah. Right. Now there are so many different marketing tactics for promoting one's book. How do you decide which you should do. So that's 
a great question. And the best way to decide is to go back to where do your target market hang out? So I often get asked by authors, as I'm sure you do, you know, should I use Facebook? Should I do LinkedIn? Should I do Instagram? Should I do all of them? You know, and the answer is, where's your target market? It's no good being on Facebook if your target audience is on LinkedIn. It's no good being on LinkedIn if your target audience is on Instagram. Um, so you have to really know and understand where your peeps hang out. And that's the big uh, piece of research you've got to do if you don't know that already. And it's really worth looking at that and investigating and researching that um, because it's, again, going to make your marketing so much more efficient and effective rather than just, as I say, throwing enough spaghetti against the wall, hoping some of it will stick. Um, that was a phrase that um, a colleague of mine always used in the PR industry, and uh, we try to avoid that at all costs because that gets very costly, and you want to avoid as much, you know, unnecessary expense uh, as you can. I mean, marketing. Many authors are marketing on a shoestring budget. So you want to make sure that you are maximizing um, your investment in marketing. And it should be an investment because obviously you want a return on that. And so you want to know where your people hang out. And that's where you want to target uh, your marketing efforts. Does that make sense, Judy? Yes, it does. Um, and when you say um, a lot of authors um, are marketing on a shoestring, what would you consider a reasonable budget for authors to consider to promote their book? I think that question is like, how long is a piece of string? You know, it's like it's a really, really difficult one to answer. Um, I know authors and I've done it myself. A, a minimal, you know, next to nothing. Uh, in, in fact, there are books out there that, you know, free marketing, what can you get for free? And there's actually a lot that you can. Um, I think that you've got to look at what can you afford comfortably and then look at what can you do with the amount of money you've got. If, it, if it's, let's say, $100 a month, what could you do for $100? If it's $50 a month, what could you do to maximize that $50 a month so that you can get the word out um, in the best possible way? Okay. I'm sure you've seen a lot of mistakes that authors make. What are some of the biggest mistakes that you've seen? Whoa. I think starting with the fact that not defining your target audience, I think that's a really, really big one. And because by not defining it, you know, it's like you're shooting, you know, in the dark. So that, that's really key. There's not enough. Um, authors have really defined who their market is. 
and not being prepared to have a marketing budget, whatever it is, however large or small it is, you must have some money put aside for marketing. You know, I'm sure you've seen this, that authors put so much time, energy, and money into getting that book out there, giving birth to this baby, I like to say, and then all of a sudden, there's nothing. And they're like, oh, isn't the, you know, book going to sell itself? I've I've paid all this money now to um, get this book into some physical format, and and now I'm, I'm meant to pay some more money. Well, yeah, you've got to invest some more in it. It's like bringing a child into this world, and you've got to feed it, you've got to nurture it, you've got to clothe it. I mean, your book is your baby, and so you've got to look after it, and yes, it is going to take some money to do that, however much you decide to um, invest in that, you know. You don't necessarily have to send your child to private school, but uh, you still need to feed and uh, clothe it and nurture it. So um, having um, some kind of marketing investment and being prepared that marketing is an ongoing, um, I say, I don't want to say it's a task, but it's an ongoing venture. It's not something you can say, oh, well, I'm going to do it for a month and then I'm going to stop. Uh-uh. It's going to take a lot to rev it up, and then you can maybe not put as much time and energy into it because hopefully it'll sort of start gliding by itself. But you've got to get it to that point where it's going to take off. Um, oh, Malcolm Gladwell calls it the tipping point. It's a great book if the uh, if your listeners haven't read that book, read it because. It takes a lot to get to that tipping point. And once you're there, it'll, I won't say sell itself, but other things will take off that you hadn't necessarily expected uh, would happen. So, um, yeah, marketing's got to be an ongoing. And you've got to have that mindset with the marketing that goes along with that. Um, you've also got to make the time to market. Uh, you've got to set aside a certain amount of time every day, every week, every month to put time and energy into the book. Um, I recently did a survey of authors and I said, you know, um, what stood in the way of marketing their book, and these were these were the some of the results that they came out, Judy. Um, a lack of money to market the book. Okay, so we've addressed that one. Um, lack of time due to you know other pressing commitments such as family, or maybe they've got a a job and this is sort of like a part time thing. Well, you've got to make the time, you know. And again, being dedicated to it, having the time. Um, Lack of marketing and sales expertise. That's all learnable. You know, if you're open to learning, it's not hard. In fact, the easiest way to market your book is just the passion that you have for the subject matter. 
you know, passion is contagious and people want a piece of the action. Uh, if you remember that film when Harry met Sally and there's that great scene in the uh, in the restaurant and, and she's ooing and ahhing and, and, you know, and everybody's like, and said, I want what she's got. You know? <laughs> the same thing happens with your book. You know? <laughs> Um, and finally, um, I got um, a lack of confidence due to fear and insecurities. And, you know, obviously, that's a mindset thing. And, yeah, it's fearful. It's, it's frightening going out there in the marketplace. Um, but you know what? You still live to tell the tale. <laughs> you may fall on your face, but you got to get up and just keep going. We all right. do it. Nobody's going to be an overnight success. Guaranteed. And you're going to survive. It's, you are. It's not Absolutely. a thing. Exactly. You are going to survive. It's, it, we all do. You know, do, uh, there's, bet there's nobody listening now, Judy, who hasn't made a mistake and lived through it. You know, we've all made it. It's just part of life. And, you know, this is just another opportunity. You're going to make mistakes. Some things you'll do right. Some things you'll do wrong. You just keep trying and you hopefully won't repeat the wrong things and you'll repeat the right things. And you just keep moving onward and upward, as they say. Well, I know it's difficult to generalize um, what types of marketing tactics are hot, but if you could identify some of the ones that you encourage your authors to consider, that might be helpful. Well, I do encourage my authors to look at their book as more of a door opening opportunity to other business opportunities, such as speaking. I think Speaking is a way, if they're looking to make money, speaking's the way to go. Now, I know many uh, people, you know, the, what is it? The highest fear that people have is, is public speaking, you know, between death and dying and public speaking, I think that's, <laughs> is, is, are the biggest fears. Well, you know, nobody died speaking or very few people, they may have a heart attack or something, but, I, you know, we're, we're not looking at that. But, but for the most part, there are people speak, and if you can go out there and, and turn your book into some kind of a speech where you've got your message and you can share that with your target audience, I believe that, that is the, the best way to go with marketing uh, your book. You know, don't rely on social media. Don't rely on anything. You've got to go out there and do it. If you don't want to speak, maybe you could do coaching sessions. Maybe you could do group coaching sessions. Um, if you want to do one-on-ones, great. It's very time-consuming, but it does. It can pay off. And obviously, there are only a certain number of hours in the day that you can work, and you don't necessarily want to sell, you know, your time, or, you know, all the time because it it doesn't necessarily pay. But 
better. You want to look at what can you do, what's easiest for you, and start somewhere. If you don't feel comfortable doing a, a speech, then do a webinar, do a coaching call, anything that will get you out there and being seen as an expert or a thought leader in your industry. And that I would make as the, the hottest recommendation um, that there is out there. Yeah, and it, and it doesn't cost anything to speak. And in fact, you might even get paid. Well, I hope you will get paid. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, in the beginning, maybe you do a few talks for free just to get the confidence. Um, but once you you can, I mean, why not? People should pay you. It, it, you've got valuable information that you want to share and you just don't want to give it away because it is so valuable. I mean, you could change somebody's life with the information that you share. And and what is that worth to somebody? Definitely, you know, a few dollars or a hundred dollars or a few hundred dollars. If you speak, let's say there are conferences in your industry and you speak at that conference. Well, maybe they may not pay for you to speak at the conference. However, you are speaking in front of your target audience. So, you know, could you collect their email addresses and market to them? Could you give them a little survey to fill out um, if they're interested in having you come to their um, particular place of employment where you could share the same message? Uh, could they refer you to someone? There are all different ways of maximizing these, these opportunities. I mean, even if you do it on a local level and speak to, let's say, a Rotary Club or um, a Kiwanis Club, even just to get the um, experience, that's invaluable. Um, you could even maybe sell some books there. I've got an author who um, that's what he often does is he goes to speak to local Rotary groups and and he has his books there and people buy them. So why not? Sure, and even if they don't, they might know somebody who needs the information. So they absolutely everybody knows somebody. In fact, there there is. I'm going to say I mean, it's not a law, but there is research out there that says that everybody knows a minimum of 250 people, you know, and some people have just got that in their families. So now I come from a very small family, but I know a lot of people because I'm involved in various organizations. You know, I've been involved with National Speakers Association for over 30 years, so I know a ton of people. I've been involved with the American Marketing Association. I've, I'm involved in Rotary. I mean, so I know a ton of people. Now, if you multiply me many times over, everybody I touch knows a minimum of, a, say, of 250 people. But I don't know the 250 people or more that you know. And, you know, anybody of any one of our listeners, I don't know who they know. 
but if we can connect in some way, then I have more of an opportunity of finding out and looking at how can we help each other. And that's really what it's all about. There's really um, a big push at the moment, Judy, for people to look at how can they help one another. There are so many um, small solopreneurs, entrepreneurs, small business owners out there, and you know, we're just looking to help each other. And that, that's, that's, I think, more of the way of the world. And that's a good way because we should be helping each other. Even if we're direct competitors, uh, that doesn't mean we don't help each other. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, you're in the publishing business. I'm in the publishing business. I see you as an ally. I don't see you as a competitor because you've got, you know, information and expertise that you could share with me and vice versa. I could do some, you know, I could share some with you. I know I had you on my podcast talking about the legal aspect, you know, for, for authors, which was invaluable. So, yes, and now I'm sharing, you know, some niche marketing ideas uh, with your listeners. So hopefully I'm be, if I can just help one person who listens to this, hey, I could make a, a difference to a lot of people's lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. You have an expression about book marketing CPR. Can you tell me what that means? Thank you for asking me that. This is this is a concept I've just recently come up with. And as we know, CPR in medical sense means, you know, you're bringing life back to somebody. You're helping somebody who's like dying, you know, <gasps> taking their last breath. And you give them CPR, you know, give them a new lease of life. Um, breathe life into them. So what I find, and Judy, I'm sure you can relate to this with many of your authors, is that first time around when it comes to marketing their book, many people say, oh, you know, I can do that. I don't need to invest in marketing. I just have to put my book on Amazon and on Facebook and everybody's going to buy it. And they've got these ideas where who I don't know where they've necessarily gotten them from, but they see other people doing it and they think, oh, I can do it too. It's easy. And they do it. They try stuff on their own. And after a few weeks or months, they suddenly realize, oh, my goodness, I've sold two and a half books. You know, um, I, I, I barely sold five books. I, and and they, they're like, was this all worth it just to sell five books? So now I'm saying, OK, let's breathe some new air into, into this book. And I came up with the CPR. And the CPR stands for, it's a three-step model. The C stands for change your perspective. We've got to basically start again with regard to marketing and changing your whole perspective and your whole mindset as to how to go about um, marketing this book. And often it is to do some of the things that we've already talked about, Judy, and that is looking at a target market because many people go out there and they just um, put their book up against all the other millions of books out there in the marketplace and it just doesn't have stand a chance 
So we've got to look at it with fresh eyes and change our whole perspective and our whole mindset as to how we're going to market it. Um, the P stands for a plan. And we talked a little bit about what it takes to plan for a new venture, a new journey, a new way of marketing your book. So here we have the C for changing your perspective, P, the planning of this new venture with your marketing, and the R stands for to reignite or rekindle your passion for the book. Because in the time that nothing has happened for this book, with this book, um, it's probably your passion for it may have died a little bit along with that. And so we want to rekindle that passion because, as I said earlier, it's that passion for your book that's going to sell it. You know, you can um, hopefully you can hear my passion in this because I'm passionate for you to be passionate about your stuff because your stuff is of meaning to you. You wrote this book for a reason. You're passionate about you're passionate about something be it to help somebody else who might be in a similar predicament, such as, as we said, an addiction, or if you want, you've got this uh, incredible sales training or leadership model that you think is going to change the world, you, you've got to ignite, reignite that passion and find the people who are going to appreciate what you have to offer. So that's my a very quick, you know, brushstroke of this whole CPR three-step model. I feel there are a lot of authors out there who, as I say, are a bit disillusioned because the book didn't make it to the bestseller status, you know, first time around. And I never, never promise my authors they're going to be bestsellers, not out there in the general world. They may be within their own target market, but I'm more interested in them becoming and becoming seen as experts in their industry, as thought leaders in their industry, because that's what's going to help motivate and push um, their business and if they want to sell the book. But I want them to think more about it is a business and building an author platform where you are seen as the expert and the book is just a way of how you're conveying that expertise. Does that make sense, Judy? It does. And what's really nice about that <clears throat> is that it shows that it's not a one and done thing. If you don't succeed initially, that doesn't mean that you can't try again. You can uh, re-energize your marketing campaign, try something different, maybe refine your target market, um, but there's, there's ways that you can, uh, can do things differently that might be more successful. Exactly, exactly. And so it's to step back and look at, okay, what worked and what didn't work and 
more often than not, it's really what didn't work and why didn't it work. And if I was to put money on on this, it would be because they haven't defined their target or their niche or their niche properly. And so if they come to this whole marketing from a new perspective, that's why I say the C, changing that perspective, and we look at it differently and we go down different avenues, then there's an opportunity, as you say, for, for it to um, build momentum uh, differently and, and sort of get that engine going quicker. That's great because there are so many authors, as you've seen, and I've seen among my authors, that feel that um, it's not it's not necessary to do a lot if they've got a network, they can put the word out, there's things that they figure they can do themselves, but then they, they kind of stumble. They, they don't keep going with it or they don't go very far with it, and then they don't see the results that they want. Yeah. I mean, so often and you, you say, oh, well, I tried that and it didn't work. Okay, well, maybe let's try it again, and but let's try it a little differently. Let's tweak it and let's try it a diff slightly different way. And it may work uh, slightly differently. So, so it's not just to, you know, flat out say, well, I tried Facebook. And I tried Facebook ads and they didn't work. Well, did you do them the right way? You know, there are certain ways to use Facebook ads that make them successful. If they weren't successful, you know, people wouldn't be using them. So there's definitely a formula, let's say, if that's the right way for you to go. I'm not advocating that everybody should go out there and use Facebook ads. But if that's the right vehicle for you to find your target audience, and, and channel it them that way, great. If not, let's look at, you know, what other social media might be the right place. Or social media may not be the right place for you to be putting your time and energy. Not everybody is on social media. So it's good to know that. And I mean, I'm not necessarily a big social media person. And I always love it when Young people say to me, you know, I really don't like social media or I don't do Facebook. I'm like, great, nor do I. But, you know, I I need to be on Facebook so I can see pictures of my grandkids. Otherwise, I might never see those pictures. You know? mm -hmm. wow, you're um, too young to have grandkids. I know, I know. I started very young, Judy. <laughs> any, um, any last words of advice? that you might have for our authors who are seeking to get better known for their expertise and get their books out there more? But without sounding like a stuck record, it's really a matter of looking at where could you most easily be seen as an expert or thought leader. And I think for all of the authors listening is to really take time to you know, spend time researching that and, and delving into that. And, and I would love to offer your authors a 10-question like template to 
find your niche market or your niche market. And um, if you want to put this in the show notes, Judy, if they email me at susan at avivapubs.com, then um, I will send them that. And if they would like a 15-minute introductory session with me, we can do that. The only thing is that it would have to be in probably a month or two because I'm actually going overseas for a, for a period of time. So uh, it's not that I, I can't, but um, it's, it's that I'm not going to be available. But I would love to offer that as a way to help any of your listeners if they just want to email me, if they've got specific questions. And again, Susan at uh, avivapubs.com. And I know you're going to put that in the show notes. So um, that'll be great. To make it clear, Aviva Pubs is A-V-I-V-A-P-U-B-S.com. Correct. Thank you. Yeah, it's not an easy word to spell, yes. Well, that's wonderful. Thank you. Um, Because a lot of people do have trouble discerning exactly what their niche is. So that can be very helpful. Thank you, yes. And um, another thing is is looking at how to face those fears. I, I think many authors, too, are frightened of their own success. Um, they're they're frightened to go out there and even tell people that they're an expert. Um, there's some there's a syndrome out there called the imposter syndrome. I'm sure you're familiar with that, Judy. And 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 literally, people feel as if they're an imposter going out and touting the fact that they're an expert in their industry. Um, you know what? Uh, they say, fake it until you can make it. There's that, that good expression. I think everybody at some point or other has had this feeling, you know what, I'm not sure that I really feel as if I'm the expert, but let me pretend I am, you know. <laughs> and you do that long enough and, you know, and you're in the industry, you'll become an expert very, very quickly. So just... Start just being one step ahead of everybody else, then two steps, three steps, and then a mile, two miles ahead of everybody else. <laughs> so, yeah, yes. it's, it's the same thing as the fear of speaking. When you realize that you've got information that can be of value to somebody else, that makes you an expert. Exactly. Exactly. You know, just because you don't necessarily necessarily think it that way but what you know doesn't mean that everybody knows what you know and I think that's often a mistake and I know I make this many times over I think well if I know that everybody knows that well uh uh-uh that's not true that's not true because I have experience expertise in certain areas but not everybody has them No, I mean, so you just have to acknowledge the fact that, hey, yeah, even if I say something, and I've probably said things on this program now, Judy, and we've been talking for, what, 25 minutes? No, 55 minutes, 50 minutes. So um, I've probably said things that people know, 
but maybe I've said things that, or one thing that somebody didn't know or didn't think about or knew about it but had forgotten about it. And I've rekindled that piece of knowledge. And then they can take that and utilize it. Then I feel I've done my job. Yeah. But I don't know what that is because I'm just spewing out information here. You know, it's like, I don't know, you know, what's going to stick out there. Right. No, I really appreciate the information that you've been spewing. It's good stuff. And, um, and authors need to hear that it's important to do marketing, but it's important to do the right marketing. And to do the mm-hmm. right marketing, you must know who your target audience is and where they hang out. Correct. Otherwise, and that's the basis. Yep, yep. That's really the basis of it, of it, of it all. And it'll make, as I say, your life much more um, easier. I'm, I'm for an easy life. You know, I'm, I'm for the simple, easy life. And I love practical information. And so I, I really do try and keep it simple. I mean, having written, you know, a dummies book and a For Idiots guidebook, you really go down to the basics in when you write those books. And it's a great lesson when you take a piece of information and you really sort of go down to the lowest common denominator and say, hey, this is what you have to do. A, B, C, and just do that and you'll be fine. So, yeah. Well, Susan, thank you so much for joining us today. Really appreciate your time and your expertise. I appreciate the opportunity to speak to your listeners. And as I said, anybody I can help on a one-to-one basis, I would be thrilled to do that. So thank right. you. Just to repeat your email, it's susan at azivatubs.com. Excellent. Yes, susan at avivapubs.com. Right, and then people can also go to your website for more information about your publishing services. Absolutely, and they should come and listen to Book Marketing Mentors com, where I do a weekly uh, podcast interview with marketing experts, and Judy's going to be a guest shortly um, on an upcoming podcast. We've already recorded it, so it's just got to be edited, and it'll be up so that uh, all of your uh, followers can uh, hear you on my show as well, Judy. Looking forward to that. Do you have a date for that? Um, probably within the next week or two. Okay. Very good. Well, I want to let our listeners know that we have a show coming up on January 17th, 2018. The guest will be Mitchell Levy. He's an accomplished entrepreneur who has created 20 businesses in Silicon Valley, including four publishing companies that have published over 800 books. Mitchell's a TEDx speaker and an international best-selling author who has written 58 business books. I don't know how you have time to write that many, but... (laughs) He's going to talk about thought leadership and getting a book done in eight hours or less. So stay tuned. January 17th, 2018 for Mitchell.
Rachel Levy. Thanks again, and season's greetings to everybody. <laughs>